We want to welcome our listeners from the United States (laughs) and around the world. It's another Sunday podcast. Oh, it's going to be one of those episodes, I think. No, that's staying in, my friend, that we are going to air that. <laughs> no, that was good. <clears throat> How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm good. How are you? I am better than I deserve. Thank you. I want to welcome some new listeners from Germany this week and from India. We have. So welcome to our new listeners. Thank you very much for listening. If I, before we get started, I, if you would indulge me a moment, I'd like to um, do a little bit of a, a PSA, kind of on a, a serious topic. You, you asked me how I was doing. I'm doing well. It's been a good week. We'll get, tell you what's going on around here and uh, but I, I want to talk about, I have an appointment coming up for a, uh, a routine colonoscopy. And as you know, and some of our, some of our listeners know, um, I've had several of these things over the course of the few years. And I think it's important. I wanted to just mention quickly how important it is for people to get a colonoscopy to check for colorectal cancer uh, at the um, at the appropriate age, which typically is fifty years of age, unless it's a family history. I believe they will do them at forty, and insurance insurance covers all that stuff. And here's why I say this: a number of years ago. I had, it just had turned 50, I think it might have been 51, so I was a little bit late in getting it done. And they discovered what normally happens is either you get a clean bill of health or they find these little polyps. And in my case, they did. They found them and they removed them. Uh, They removed all but one. And there was a polyp in that they had discovered that was extremely large and concerning to the the doctor that performed the procedure to the point where I needed to go and see a specialist, uh, what they call an interventionist, somebody that has uh, even more tools and more knowledge and more expertise in how to remove these, these things. Um, very unusual, I was told, to have a polyp this size. It was about two and a half inches long. When most of these things are like one centimeter, couple centimeters, this had been growing for many years, according to the doctor. And there's no symptoms typically for these things. But when you go in for these routine procedures and they find these things, they can remove them and they test them, of course, biopsy them. Make sure they're not cancerous because they can become cancer. And colon cancer is certainly a very serious disease and it kills many, 
many people. So I am want to advocate people to go see their doctor, get a routine colonoscopy if you are of that age, or obviously talk to your doctor about uh, about that if you have a family history of of colon cancer because. Had I not done this, this could have turned into something extremely serious. Uh, luckily, they were able to remove the the large polyp and not uh, impact any uh, any of my colon or any of my organs, which was a distinct possibility that I, they could have had to remove parts of the uh, parts of my colon because of the size, but. And so I have another one coming up every year now. I've got to do this until I get that clean bill of health. Hopefully this will be the year. And then it's five or ten years after that. But so just a serious note, a little PSA, please consider getting yourself a colonoscopy. It could save your life. Okay. With that said, what's happening in the great state of Alabama? You have some visitors you were telling me about. Yes. Uh, we have a resident gray rat snake that lives up here on the hill where I live. So, and my landlord saw it today. And that joker is got to be every foot or every bit of five and a half feet long. It's a big, big snake. It's a good sized snake. Yeah. I've seen it a couple times up here. So. But I've named it um, Big Mama Snake. <laughs> you have a history of naming wild animals, don't you? Yeah, well, we've got a armadillo up here that we see quite a bit. And I've named him Armand, so which I think is a Turkish name. And I think armadillos are Spanish. So, but whatever. It works. So Arm Armand the Armadillo. Armand, Armand the Armadillo. And then we see a lot of rabbits, deer. There's other snakes up here um, that I see from time to time. What else? We got a family of, of rabbits. We got a bunch of birds up here. There's all kind of things living up here on the hill. So it's kind of nice. Rabbits are everywhere here. We we I haven't seen any snakes in a while around my part. Certainly, there are no armadillos up here. I think the last time I saw an armadillo was on the side of the road in Texas. Is it true if the car goes, if they go over this, not don't, not hit them, but if the car goes over them, they jump? Or I've this... heard that before. I'm not sure if that's necessarily true or not, but I have heard that before. Um. Can't remember when the last time I ran over an armadillo was, but it happens. Kind of like possums. Well, um, possums don't have the the steel. Uh, the steel. They don't have. They don't have the the um, uh, the protection that that an armadillo has, right? Well, no, but well, an armadillo it the is actually. I mean, the, the shell. I think I would look. The what shell I is a little brittle. An armad or uh, a possum is tough. Now it is difficult to kill one of those things. An armadillo is is I don't think an armadillo is as tough as a possum. Tough in the sense of 
if you run them over or if you come across them. I mean, possums are vicious. Yeah. Vicious. But either or. Either or. So we had a possum a few years ago in my basement. And we have a have a heart trap that we set up and it it trapped this possum. What's a what's a heart trap? Have a heart have a heart trap. Yeah. So it's it's a long cage that has uh um, it has two on both hands. So, <clears throat> picture. oh, yeah, okay. I think I know. But uh, have a heart trap. What? What does the name come from? Well, it doesn't kill the animal. Oh, so it's like you have a heart. You know, it's it, it's humane. Okay. So it's you know it, the critter gets in there and the both end. Once it steps on the uh, the trigger there, it closes both ends and it kind of traps him in the cage. Okay, yeah. and and you can pick it like up. Like a and, catch him alive trap. It's probably the same thing. Yeah. We call okay. them have a heart traps. Okay. And so possums are nocturnal, right? So I brought this baby up from, I won't call him baby. He was not a small possum. Brought him up from the basement and put him outside. Like I was going to take him to an area in town that's very wooded. Downtown. Swampy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the wooded area in, you know, in, in town and uh, once he hit that sunlight, my God, he was not a happy camper. And he did everything he could to get out of that trap. And once I brought him to the area and set it down, I put a little string on it and just opened it up and off he goes. And in fact, we caught a, a, a skunk in the trap in the backyard one one time. And the skunk was um I, I I guess if the skunk's tail can't raise up he can't spray so there was no odor and that he was big enough that the trap contained him and he wasn't able to lift his tail to to spray so there's no odor but what he was doing was when when we trapped him overnight and we saw him the next day he filled the trap with dirt he got his little paw or whatever, and he claws, and he pulled this dirt into the trap. The thing weighed, you know, like 300 pounds, and it took two of us to lift this thing to get him to the wooded area to let him go. He just brought all this dirt into the trap. It was, it was crazy. And again, he was not a happy camper to be, to be in that trap. <laughs> but we have had some coyote sightings in the neighborhood here over the last few months. And typically they stay away from people. Although there was a coyote attack somewhere in Massachusetts not too long ago. And coming home one night, I saw this dog, quote dog, in the middle of the street. Whose dog's off the leash? at like 11 o'clock at night, and as I'm driving down the street and I got close on, oh, that's no dog. <laughs> and um, so I just kind of drove the car slowly and just kind of moved him into, and then he bolted into somebody's into somebody's backyard. But Probably where their kids were. Or animals. <laughs> there's, there's been a lot of uh, missing cats. You know, Tabby is missing. Has anybody seen Tabby? 
And I would say go find Wiley Coyote and you probably will find Tab, Tabby. But we're seeing a lot of that um, happening now around here because it's, I think it's just building so many, so many of these apartment complexes and things in the neighborhood and in the town that they're just probably driving the wild animals out into, you know, the uh, – into the into the neighborhoods, uh, and and I think that in the pandemic with with people not out on the streets and you know, uh, not in the woods, and I know they had an issue in Yosemite, where animals were coming out to where tourists used to camp and whatnot because they weren't there during the pandemic, so they were having an issue with with them kind of migrating into these new areas. So, did they make them pay the? the p- camping and parking fee i would um if you want to take a trip up there and ask them just bring your microphone <laughs> i'd like to hear what they have to say and maybe you screaming <laughs> but they might have a season pass also i don't know could be yeah uh... hey speaking of season passes this week finally after 8 years I am the proud owner, co-owner of Bruins Season Tickets, Boston Bruins Hockey Season Tickets. All right. And I am excited for the 2021-2022 season. Put a deposit down about eight years ago and was offered seats two years after uh, on the waiting list. The second year that I was on the waiting list offered seats and there was nothing. They had certain rules and quantities and things like that. And it did not, We I just wasn't eligible to purchase tickets, even though my name popped up. So I wasn't able to purchase them then. So I just put me back on the waiting list. And then six years later, being this year, I uh, have um, been offered uh, season tickets. So well, I'm excited about that. So my friend Paul and I, well, uh, we have, uh, I believe, 44 games is um, 41 regular season games and three preseason games. And we'll probably go to most. Um, I think there'll be, he and I will go to most of the games, and then there'll be times when, uh, when you know, he may want to take his wife or I may want to take some friends or, uh, or even donate a pair of tickets or something to uh, one of our charities. But I'm I'm excited. I've been a hockey fan all my life, so have traveled around and seen various teams play. So it'd be nice uh, to um, to finally be a season ticket holder. So I'm excited about that. What you got going on over there? Oh, not much. Enjoying your time off now that you're out of school. Yes, although I've been working a lot, so it's not really time off. Any plans on vacations or traveling or? Uh, yeah, some here and there throughout the summer, but no, nothing definitive as of now. A place special? I know you you just come back. Uh, you told us last week and uh, came back from Pennsylvania. Yep, yep. That that is a special place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, get back up there at some point this summer. But other than that, I don't really like to go out a whole bunch of places um i don't know i it's kind of you know even with everything open back up now and i mean 
I like to just kind of sit here um, at the house and work around the house and, you know, hang out and just be here. I don't really like going out a lot or, you know, going to see a bunch of things. I kind of like just staying here at the house. A staycation. Yes, I'm all about a staycation. Those aren't too bad. I know when I traveled for work and all the did the photography business and traveled all over the U.S. and Canada and, you know, eight months, uh, or ten months a year for eight, year, eight years, people would say, oh, when you got, what are you going to do in your downtime? Wait, where are you going on vacation? It's like, uh, home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, haven't been home in ten and a half months. It would be right <laughs> nice to spend a, a month and a half home. That would be my vacation. Well, there's a bunch of stuff to do at the house. You know, and things you you know. I mean, there's a lot of projects to work on around the house. Stuff like you got to cut the grass, and you know, maybe work on that on the the fixing up the house that you know projects like that 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 haven't been addressed or whatever because you've been so busy working you know so and it's nice to just kind of hang around the house and work on those things a lot of times and you know you can you can work and listen to music and and you know kind of do what you want to even if you're sitting on the veranda on the porch swing just relaxing yep playing the uh the banjo or <laughs> What what's the instrument uh, that Charlie Brown, whether Charlie Brown or somebody on the Peanuts characters played? It's uh, Snoopy. What was the little instrument that Snoopy? What do they call that? With the um, looks like a uh, it looks like a U, and it's got the the little uh, wire, I guess, the little twanger thing. Oh, and you stick it in your mouth. Um, that's called the jaw harp. I've got one. Yeah, I just found it a little while ago. I had one, I guess, uh, well, they were kind of popular maybe in the 18th century or whatever. And there was a company that does reenactment stuff that was selling them. Sometimes you can buy them, like, if you go to a historical park or something in the gift shop, they'll have they'll have them. That, that may be where I got this one. I can't remember. but And I don't even know if I'm playing it right, but... You give our, uh, can you give our listeners a little taste of uh, what it sounds, what a jaw hop sounds like for those yeah. that don't know? Let me see if I can uh, give it a go. <laughs> I don't know. You got to, I, I, I can't play a tune on it or anything, but. I think that's how it's supposed to sound and how it's supposed to be played. You you got to run your finger across that that thing to make that little spring buzz like that. I didn't want to hit the mic. Well, folks can go out on YouTube and and uh, search for jaw hop and they'll see what that is. But I believe Snoopy in the Peanuts, right? Snoopy used to play that. But you could do that when you're sitting on the veranda. In the old swinging rocking chair, whatever, whittling, whittling, mm -hmm. 
It's like there's a guy on YouTube, and he does. Um, I think he's actually like a country singer. Uh, maybe Granger Smith or somebody like that. But he does these videos on YouTube, and uh, it's called Earl Dibbles Jr. I don't know. Some of our listeners may have already seen this or whatever, but he kind of does that thing where he, uh, you know, he goes through all the things that he does in a day or whatever as Earl Dibbles Jr. And it's things like, you know, sit on a log, whittle a good stick, you know, (laughs) put a good dip in. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure it's relaxing. It's it's much, it's probably much better than me spending my vacation, you know, just kind of sitting on the porch looking at the street light across the street <laughs> the mosquitoes and the moths right so anyway hey we digress hey we're at the end of uh episode number 27 here um we have some um some interesting uh guests uh again we talked about our paranormal uh our paranormal show that should be coming up very soon. Uh, we have a date to record um, with our guest that's going to talk about the shaving razors and a couple other interesting uh, shows upcoming. Of course, our Father's Day show is coming up on the 20th of June. And for the 4th of July, uh, I think we we're going to talk about uh, some reenactment stuff that you and and Dad have done over the years, and we can talk about the um, the Independence Day holiday uh, for that weekend. So some, some interesting things coming up for our listeners. If you, the listener, would like to be on the show, by all means, we would love to have you. You can drop us a line, an email, at it's another Sunday podcast at gmail.com. Or if you know somebody that would be an interesting guest, email us at it's another Sunday podcast at gmail.com. So once again, to our listeners, thank you for listening. To our new listeners, welcome. And with that said, final word to you, my friend. Roll with the changes. That's going to do it for episode number 27 of It's Another Sunday Podcast. Music in the podcast is composed and performed by Tom Blaze. Check out Tom Blaze's YouTube channel at Tom Blaze. Until next week, thanks for listening. <laughs>